This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life, and that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, this is John here from Freedom's Disciple Podcast. The only show on the Blaze where you come for the accents, where you stay for the principles and the love and defense of American exceptionalism. You're about to listen to a short clip from last weekend's show, and I'd encourage you to share it with your family and your friends. Also, please consider subscribing to our show. Search for Freedom's Disciple on SoundCloud iTunes or Google Play Music, where a new show is released for free every Saturday at noon Eastern. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. This is the show on the blaze where you come for the action, but you stay for the principles and the love and defense of American exceptionalism. I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful week, having a relaxing Saturday. Man, what a week in American politics. You know, before we get started, because I have a lot to talk to you about today, and I have an announcement to make, which I think you're going to enjoy, and I think you might like, but that's for later in the show. But, you know, I have a challenge for you before we get into some principles I want to discuss with you today. And the challenge is this. Could you all have, like, a week which is dull and boring, where, like, I'm struggling to find things to talk about? I was doing my show prep for the show, and I was like... Wow, I've, I could do a, I could easily do a five-hour show on the stuff I need to talk to you about today, but we're going to condense it down and and talk to you about the really important stuff, um, and we're going to keep this as close to an hour as we can. So, what do I want to talk to you about today? I want to talk to you about economics. I want to talk to you about principles. I want to talk to you. Um, I want to share. Start off by sharing. Going in a different direction. I want to share a question with you. If you're a long-time listener, um, you might remember a segment I did last year where I called it Life in Utopia, where you asked me any questions you wanted, and I answered them on a weekly basis. Some were short answers, some were long answers. And one of the things I really am blessed with this show is is everyone who listens, um, the interaction I get with you, whether it's public that everyone can see or private messages, I really appreciate you, uh, and I love love interacting with you. And this week I had a interesting interaction with someone and we had a good back and forth. We agreed to disagree. And I want to share that with you because they asked the question at the end of it, which I want to share the answer with you. Because I think it might get you thinking. 
So this person messaged me during the week, and it was actually last week, and, you know, their their aim of the conversation was, Donald Trump is the most important American. And I disagreed. And they gave out the reasons because of all the things he needs to do, and all the, the, the business he needs to get done. And I disagreed, and I said, I said, you have to understand where I'm coming from. I went, you know, you listen to the show, or you say you do. The most important thing I say each and every show is, you know, I, I hope you take some of the substance that I give you, and the principles and, and the knowledge. I hope you take it and make it your own, and then use it in your own arguments. But I always feel that, you know, if you don't listen, if you don't absorb anything I say in the whole show, and the only thing you get from each and every week is this, America is great because Americans are good. And I said, this is the place I'm coming from. I believe in what the Tocqueville said. This is the America I love. I love America, the idea. I defend it. I try and promote it. And I'm in a different place. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, this is the place I'm at. And I'll never say it's not a Trump bash. It's not a bad thing about Donald Trump or anything. It's it's just a politician thing. You know, for me to say a politician is the most important person in America is like well, then you don't believe America is, you know, you don't believe America is great because Americans are good. It's a consistency thing for me. I very much see the future of America being in the hands of your people. Now, do the politicians have a role to play? Absolutely. Can they make things go quicker? Absolutely, if they got out of the way. If they lower taxes, reduce regulations, you know, got out of your life, things would go a lot smoother and a lot quicker. But, just because they can make things go quicker doesn't mean they're the most important. The reason I'm saying this is because I wanted to give you some background to the the long conversation we had. But they asked me a question. And they said, okay, well, you know, you're an outsider looking in. Who do you think is the most important group of Americans? And I took a long time to digest this question. I took several days and said, leave that with me, I'll come back to you. Because I don't like, that's a deep question. And I don't like just giving a gut reaction to it. If you ask an important question, and it, I think it deserves time, I'm going to say, look, I need to think about that. Let me get back to you. And let me mull over. Let me sleep on it. And I want to share the answer with you that I gave this individual. Um, because I think you might appreciate it, or I'd be interested to see who you think is. So obviously the first off is, is the normal caveat that you know generalizations never work. Um, or never hold true, but I tried to make it a, as general as possible. But I couldn't pick one group of people. I could not pick, well, this group of people is the most important in America, period. What I did do was I gave a short-term answer, which is in the next 6, 12, 18 months. I gave a medium-term answer in the next 4, 6 years, and I gave a long-term answer. And I want to share those answers with you. And I'd love to love you to think, you know, if you want to press pause in this podcast for a few minutes and think, who do you think is the most important group of people? Because I'm going to share my answers with you now. I'm going to start with the short term. And I did a lot of thinking and mulling over this. And this is, this is not just a random thought. This was long thought out for me. And I hope you appreciate it. Or at least see where I'm coming from. So in the short term... I can think of no more important group of people than Donald Trump supporters. 
those who supported him from day one, those who supported him somewhere in the middle of the primary, those who supported him in just because of the general election. How will you act? How will you act? And how you act will define the short-term future in my eyes of America. Let me explain. You have had, before Donald Trump, you have had three presidents. You have actually had many, but let's just focus in on recent history. You have had three presidents in the White House whose core set of supporters went silent, who turned nothing into nothing more than a mere cheerleader. I don't know if you remember the 90s, Bill Clinton. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Ms. Lewinsky. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. 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 Okay, yes, he did. It didn't matter. They were going to defend Bill Clinton no matter what he did, no matter what he said, no matter how he acted. They were going to defend him because he was their guy. Even when Bill Clinton was wrong, they defended him. It was their life's mission to defend Bill Clinton. But okay, well, that's just the left. What do you expect? You know, they're just they're just the left job. They they're not like us. Okay, let's fast forward onto George W. Bush. And again, this is not a indictment of their whole presidency, or I'm not judging their whole presidency. I'm just talking to you about the the big headlines to make a point. Do you remember many? Republicans speaking out for the Fourth Amendment, for freedom, for limited government when the Patriot Act was signed. Do you remember that? Back in, was it 2002, 2003? Do you remember many Republicans speaking out when George Bush went on national television and said, I have to destroy the free market to save the free market. Do you remember many Republicans speaking out? I remember the Conservatives speaking out, but they were lambasted and destroyed. They were just right-wings, right-wingers. They didn't see what he saw. But did you see many Republicans supporting him? By the way, on the first one, I can't say, I'm not judging anyone. I didn't speak out against the Patriot Act when it was signed. I defended it. It was only until the second one I defended George Bush, not religiously, but I would defend some decisions which I would try and try and give the other side of points and give the talking points up until 2007. My pivot point was when he said, I got to destroy the free market to save it. I'm not judging anyone. I'm just making a point. I was one of those people. Will you be like the Democrats under Obama, who, when he said, I have a pen and I have a phone, did absolutely nothing, said nothing, yet all of a sudden Donald Trump's in the White House and all of a sudden they are worried about executive overreach and they're talking about the Constitution. Would he be like the Democrats under Obama, who, when he was out on the campaign trail going, well, we just got to pass the Affordable Care Act to... And it's going to reduce, you know, the the costs by twenty five hundred dollars a person. And even though people, many many people on the right said this is a lie, they defended it. 
They said, oh, you're just a racist. Because their job was to defend their guy. Will you follow Seuss? In many ways, the Donald Trump supporters and how they act will define the short-term vision of America and how they react. And let me give you a couple of recent stories, which I just want to share with you. And again, this is not a bashing, this is just pointing it out. Because some people I know who are Donald Trump supporters think, my role for the next four years is this. Anytime he does anything good, I'm going to be his biggest cheerleader. I'm going to be on the front lines, I'm going to be on social media. I'm going to be his biggest cheerleader. When he does stuff I disagree with, I'm guess what, I'm I'm sick that day. I'm, I can't talk. i got a bad voice. I, I, I can't type. My, my thumbs are gone. Don't know why I, I had the sick voice when I was doing the thumbs, but <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you have a sick voice when you can't type. You know what can I say? And that's their that's their policy, and they think that that's an acceptable policy. And I'm not here to tell them they're wrong, but you know, all I ever say when people say that to me is, look, you know, when you don't speak, you do speak, and you speak volumes. And then sometimes when you don't speak, you speak louder and more clearly than when you do speak. Let me give you a couple of recent stories that just are important. And they're important for reasons of how you respond to them. And what his supporters will accept. So last week Donald Trump was at a prayer breakfast. I emphasized the word prayer breakfast. And he decided to attack Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because apparently he's... He's a bad host of the Celebrity Apprentice and his ratings are failing and his ratings aren't good and that's just what you do at a prayer breakfast. You're starting to get a tone here. The the hint is in the name. You know, when I think of all the things Donald Trump should be worried about, the economy, foreign policy, Middle East, Russia, trade deals with Britain, the economy... 17, sorry, not even 17, God, I'd take 17 trillion, 19.9 trillion dollars in debt, underemployment, food stamps, excessive bloated government, when you have all these problems to worry about as president, I don't care what your name is, the last thing I expect you to be worried about is the ratings of a TV show, even if it is a TV show you set up and, and were the founding host of, I think you should be worried about different things. How you will act with those type of scenarios will be key. But that's only a small one. That's just a case of why are you talking. And Because all the media, it's just like, honest to God, it's annoying as hell. So Donald Trump said this at a prayer breakfast. And Arnold Schwarzenegger responded. And apparently he wants to slam Donald Trump's face into a desk. Well, that's just wonderful. That's going to make everyone just feel great about America, isn't it? Where you have a Hollywood actor talking about slamming the president's face into a desk. Wonderful. It's nothing more than a distraction. You know, it's so sad in many years, regardless of who's president, whether it's a Republican or whether it's a Democrat, so many people follow the bouncing ball. Oh, we're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger now. Let's just talk about this for a few minutes. No. Let's keep our eye on the prize. Let's keep the eye on the Constitution, freedom, limited government, or whatever your principles are. But there's a bigger one. If you're a long-time listener to this show, you know one thing that really annoys me is when politicians of any party speak down about America. 
on Super Bowl Sunday, Donald Trump gave an interview with Bill O'Reilly. And he compared America to Russia, saying America's done bad things too. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time into this because I, I just, I'm losing, I'm losing the will to respond to this revisionist history bullcrap. And it is bullcrap. I'm sorry if that offends you or I didn't give you a trigger warning, but it is bullcrap. I'm sick of this revisionist history where people seem to want to rewrite American history and world history all in one go. You know, I there are times I would love to have a chat with Donald Trump or, or politicians. You know, and, and when I hear comments like that, I kind of go, Donald, I'd love to ask you so many questions. I would love to talk to you on so many different angles about the revisionist history of, you know, America and Russia. You know, Donald, can you point to me, and I would say this to anyone, this is not a Donald Trump thing, this is anyone. If you're listening to this and you kind of think, well, you know, he does have a point there about Russia and America, let me ask you some questions. Can you point to me America's equivalent to Lenin? Can you point to me America's equivalent of Stalin? Can you point to me America's equivalent of how Russia acted towards the Jews in World War II? Can you act and show me the moral equivalent of how Russia acted during the Cold War and Soviet aggressions? Can you point to me and show me the moral equivalence to, I don't know, the, the thing called, what's that thing called? Yes, you know, people like me aspire to, oh yes, the American dream. Can, can you show me the moral equivalent to the American dream, you know, the Russian dream? Tell me, tell me what it is. Can you point to me the, the moral equivalence of, I don't know, the Constitution? You know, where one set of founders said... All men are created equal and endowed by the Creator with certain inalienable rights, among those life, liberty, and property, or as you might know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Can you point that out to me? Can you point out to me the the revolutionary inventions that Russia made? You know, because if America and Russia are the same, can you point these out to me? Can you point out how? Russia existed prior to 1776. And yet it didn't change the world. America didn't. And when it was founded, it revolutionized the world. It changed it. You know, when I read history, and now I get granted, I don't read this revisionist history in the world, but when I read history, there's one country that changed the way the world works through innovation. You know, where, I don't know, to quote a famous book, you know, a country took a 5,000 year leap. How in 200 plus years America through innovation has changed the way we work, how we deal with things, how we innovate. Can you share the times Russia did that? Can you share the moral equivalence? Can you share the moral equivalence of inventions that some of you might not like? Facebook. Where's the moral equi- Russian moral equivalent to Facebook? 
and Facebook has problems, but can you think of a better communication tool that you have right now where you can talk to anyone, engage with anyone? Can you show me the moral equivalent of some great inventions that you know Russia came up with? Because if they're the same, they must have some great inventions. Can you show me the, the Russian equivalent to Google, to Apple, to Microsoft, to technology? Can you show me the Russian moral equivalent to Tesla? Even to Thomas Edison. Maybe that's a more apt, if you know the, the real history, maybe that's a more apt saying and relativism. You know, this moral equivalency of America and Russia are on the same page, let me assure you, they are not. Let me assure you, they are not on the same page. Right now, that's history, right now, what, I don't fear about America invading Europe and annihilating Europe and becoming a king of Europe. If you look in the right circles, and people don't really want to talk about this because it's it's a big secret, ladies and gentlemen. It's a big secret. I worry about Russia as they slowly, slowly, slowly move about a half a footstep a month into Ukraine and to, into Eastern Europe. And they do it so slowly, no one pays attention. Because when was the last time you saw a story on Ukraine? Just think about that. When was the last time you saw a story on Ukraine? Is is that issue all of a sudden gone? Is it over? Is it peacetime now? It's not. Just no one's reporting on it unless you know in the right places. This moral equivalency needs to stop. Now, for all those people out there who said, Oh, you just insulted all of Russia. Well, I share the Reagan philosophy on Russia. Their government is an evil, evil thing. Their people are wonderful. I know some Russian people. They don't live in Russia anymore. There's a reason for it. There was a story breaking out this news this week. I don't know if you heard it, but one of the big opposition leaders who was hoping to challenge Vladimir Putin has now been decided, oh, guess what? You can't run for presidency in 2018. You tell me when that happened in America? Where a sitting president said, you can't run. Can you? Can you tell me? Because apparently they're all the same. You can believe what you want. If you share a different opinion of me you, and you think Russia is somehow morally equivalent to America, then we agree to disagree. I'm not your enemy. But I would ask you to strongly look into history. i got to take a quick break, America, but when I come back, I'm going to give you the medium and long-term answers and what I think might, might throw you a bit of a curveball with one of the answers. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Thank you so much for listening to this short clip from the Freedom's Disciple podcast from last Saturday. I hope you enjoyed the content. Please subscribe for free on SoundCloud, iTunes or Google Play Music by searching Freedom's Disciple, where new content is released every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. God bless. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.